With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Dancing on Our Disabilities show is a global forum where you're invited to share your personal story of survival and triumph over disability. A meeting place to gather information from experts in the medical community and additional resources for the enrichment of society. A group dedicated to bringing information, support, and love into the lives of people with disabilities, as well as their caregivers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NSI and DOOD Radio, which is short for Never Say Impossible, and DOOD is short for Dancing on Our Disabilities even if it's only in your heart and your mind. I admire your host, and what we do here is share uplifting stories, and we definitely have one for you today. I will be talking to Nona Lightman. She is a phenomenal Chinese brush painter. Nona discovered this passion for Chinese brush painting while visiting art museums because she always loved art. She felt drawn to that culture. She even traveled abroad to pursue her passion. She took classes for years and then became a teacher herself in centers in Dayton and in Florida. Yes, Nona is that good. In 2005, she started on an abstract, impressionistic style, but using everything she had learned prior. She created fabulous, magnificent work. Recently, she joined a company, ShopVita.com, where her art and images are printed on tops, scarves, totes, and more. It's really beautiful work, light, airy, glamorous. What most people don't know about Nona is that she struggles with fibromyalgia every day of her life. The condition can be debilitating and exhausting, but Nona doesn't give in. She is determined to keep going, and to make the best possible life for herself. Welcome to NSI and DOOD Radio, Nona. Thank you, Myra. It's good to be there. Well, I'm really excited because of our history. (laughs) Yes. But I want to know a little bit more about you as a child. Well, I had a... um a childhood that was full of anxieties and uh, changes because I was uh, war- born in the war in uh, Odessa and uh, uh, 
my father was an officer in the army and he was he was killed when I was one year old and my mother escaped most of her family were killed my mother escaped with me and she traveled through Europe <clears throat> I guess with help from partisans and uh, she wound up in a deportation camp in Germany and um, that was uh, a place where there were bed bugs and mice and it was it was a barracks type of thing so I grew up there until I was um, six years old and so in 1948 we emigrated to Israel when it became a state and conditions in Israel at that time were pretty bad they were still fighting so we lived in this very interesting house that was originally a bank and what they did was they partitioned us off families into sections so we had I don't know maybe 20 or 25 families and uh, one toilet so it was it was rough and um, there was there was hardly any food uh, there was uh, main food was oranges there were oranges and um, street food, corn on the cob, and that kind of thing. But um, I recall going, I don't know why, going to this Chinese, uh, actually Russian woman that was from China, I guess via Shanghai. A lot of Jews went to Shanghai and during the war. Anyway, she lived in, in a house, kind of a room on top of a roof or something and I would go there for breakfast and the typical breakfast that she would serve me was hot water because there was no tea or coffee <laughs> hot water with some sugar if she had it and olives and bread and I was happy and then from there I went to school and let's see after that we lived there for about uh, oh yeah my mother remarried when she was when we were in the camp and so he adopted me, became a stepfather. And uh, we, uh, from Israel, my father didn't find work there, or it was very hard times. He decided that he would emigrate to Canada. So we moved in 1953 to Toronto. And he, we came there, he had $10 in his pocket, and he, was very resourceful and he found a job as a presser in a, in, a, in a factory and from there he saved money and he became uh, he became quite well off uh, in uh, real estate and so on and that was my uh, upbringing I we lived in Toronto until I was I went to school there I finished uh, I went to Ryerson University and I became a medical technologist, and so I worked. And then we moved, after I got married in 1963, we moved to Israel. Back to Israel, my husband went to uh, the Weizmann Institute and, uh, to get his Ph.D., and I had two children, one after the other. And uh, so we lived there for five, six years, and, uh, but during the 67 war, I had uh, 
four-month-old baby, and I was pregnant, and I was so scared, Myra. And my parents sent me tickets and said, you have to come back home because we are worried, sick, and so on. So I went back to Toronto and then back to Israel. Um, After that, uh, let's see, we moved to... We moved to Windsor, then we moved to Detroit, where my husband was working at uh, the um, Wayne State University, and I worked at uh, the hospital, Ford Hospital, as a technician in genetics, specializing in genetics. You have such an amazing history, And, (laughs) and what I'd like to say to the listeners is when you meet somebody for the very first time, we make an assumption. Now, I met Nona when I first moved to Florida, and I wanted to take classes with her. And I walk into the room where she was giving the classes, and I see this really lovely-looking, elegant lady teaching. So my assumption was, oh, she's one of the uppity Floridians. (laughs) Even though you had an accent, that's what I thought. And it's so strange because as you describe this very difficult childhood, one that could leave terrible emotional scars, and that is not the impression that you give to the world. So whenever we meet somebody, we have to realize that all of us have a story, and it may not be the story we picture just by looking at them. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I didn't know that you had medical training. Um, Yes, well, that was my first career. (laughs) Uh, But what I want to mention is that all along in my lifetime, I wanted to learn. I was very curious, and I always wanted to learn, and I always wanted to learn to do things with my hands. So I learned how to knit, and my first project was I knitted a sweater. Um, I wanted to learn how to sew, so I took classes in sewing, and I sewed my own clothes. Um, I was the handy one in the house. My mother had no talent whatsoever in any uh arts and crafts or any uh, art. Uh, my sister did not. My father did not. So I was the handy handyman in my house. Whenever <laughs> something needed to be fixed, uh, clothing-wise or whatever, I would be there. Just call so, Nona. <laughs> exactly. And uh, my love for, for art developed late in life. Uh, we were in, uh, my husband from, was at the, we lived in Dayton for over 20 years before we moved here. And he was in the research institute at the uh, University of Dayton. He tra- traveled a lot and to give keynote address in certain in conferences. And I would tag along. So on a tour in Japan, uh, we that we were taken to museums, and that's where I saw first 
the sumi, which is similar to Chinese brush painting. But I felt totally in love with it because it looked so serene and so beautiful and elegant and because it mostly was monochromatic as well. So it was done in, uh, you know, black inks and different shades of inks. But anyways, we came back and I decided I was going to learn how to do Chinese brush painting, and which is what I found was uh, what I was learning in Dayton was actually Chinese brush painting, not Japanese, which is, has, is quite different. But anyways, I took all the classes I could and I uh, learned how to paint with the Chinese brushes and Chinese pigments on rice paper. And I loved it. I mean, I really, really enjoyed that. And I started teaching after a while, after several years. Um, I kept taking courses with master artists and everything. So I started teaching in Dayton, I taught. Nona, I need to interrupt you here. I want to tell the listeners that this is not a simple art. It's a very disciplined art with specific brush strokes and mixing ink with color and it takes perseverance so yeah. it's it, a tremendous focus and perseverance because as many times as you practice one stroke it may take you a hundred times to master that stroke or even more I was impressed with how well you were able to teach your students, I being one of them, I am not good. (laughs) In fact, I gave up because I really did not have, I don't think, that particular type of talent. It, It just eluded me. It was sort of almost there and almost is not good enough when you do this type of painting where when you're a perfectionist it's not but the the point of Chinese brush painting is first it's learning a skill a skill just like any other skill that you learn you have to practice and practice until you get better and then you can do a painting so it does take a lot of time to master this this skill <laughs> anyways so that's what happened <laughs> i know that a lot of people who take up an art form any mm-hmm. art form give up too soon because they want to see perfection right away and with exactly. this particular type of painting any painting because I studied art as a child and uh, for many, many years went to college, majored in art. But it takes practice, as you said. But this one is a little bit different. When, when you learn to paint, generally speaking, using other mediums, if you understand the color wheel mm-hmm. and what colors affect other colors and how you create browns, in fact, I... I should write a book on, a children's book (laughs) on how to make brown. It would be good. You know what I mean. It was something 
that amazed me because there is a way to hold the brush, a way right. to hold your hand. Right, right, and exactly. And, and doing the stroke. Need to listen, and you were so good as a teacher. You went to every student over and over and over again, yeah. and you would correct each mistake and mm -hmm. ask them to repeat it until they got it right. That takes patience. Are you a patient person? Yes. <laughs> Mostly I'm a patient person. I don't have too much patience for people that are rude or, <laughs> or, or unkind or, you know, things like that. I'm but patient. for the art, at the, the art itself. Yes. I'm wondering, as I listen to you describe that very difficult beginning you had of hmm? not being planted and having the normal family life and probably seeing and experiencing things that made you feel insecure about how safe you were. Do oh, you yeah. think that in some way when you looked at these paintings, which are so relaxing, there it, it, when, when you see this art form, it makes you feel almost as if you're in paradise, the whole look of it. Do you think that's one of the reasons you were so attracted to it? Yeah, that's a very good point, Myra. I never thought about that. But, uh, yeah, that could be it as well. And also the fact that I think that I have some Chinese heritage. <laughs> yes, that's, a, that's another interesting story that I, you told, uh, told me just a few days ago. Share it with our audience. Well, I had my DNA tested, and it turns out that I have mixed heritage from um, somewhere near Mongolia, <laughs> somewhere near China or, or China, and I have heritage, of course, from, uh, from Ashkenazi Jews, uh, you know, from, from, uh, from, from Russia, from Odessa, on the Black Sea where I was born. Um, then there's some uh, American Indian blood in me, which I have no idea how that got into my heritage. <laughs> and some other ones <laughs> up in the Chinese area. And, oh, Persia, Turkish. <laughs> I'm Turkish. So I are an interesting person. I'm a, I'm a really, what did I call it, a runt <laughs> of the litter? <laughs> I guess well, that's what I am. <laughs> you know what they say. They say that people that have a great deal of mixed heritage, such as certain you know, animals and puppies, are the most talented and the most intelligent because their genes are so varied and they get so much from all of their background. So I think in your case, that's true. <laughs> Do you still give lessons? I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did, I, I taught privately here at, at my home for a while, and um, just my fibromyalgia and just, you know, life and my, my conditions of uh, arthritis and so on and so forth, 
just don't lend itself to teaching anymore. Fibromyalgia. Millions of people have this disorder condition. Mm -hmm. And when did you suspect that something was wrong? When were you waking up or not sleeping because it affects the serotonin and so forth? When did you say, what the heck is wrong with me? Nobody feels like this every day. When when did that happen? Exactly. Um, Around uh, 1990, I had to have neck surgery. And so they... uh, uh, took out a disc and put in some bone. And anyways, it was quite a surgery. And the recovery was terrible. The surgery was fine. The recovery was just terrible. I could not lift my head up. And it was pain, so much pain afterwards. And um, once I recovered, it took me maybe three, four months to recover. After that, I noticed <clears throat> I was getting a lot of pain. Uh, I couldn't sleep at night. I had restless leg syndrome. I would kick my husband at night. Um, I had terrible headaches. I was terribly depressed, and so on and so forth. I had all the signs of fibromyalgia, aches and pain all over the body, and the regions that you have when you have fibromyalgia. I went to my doctor, and luckily, he diagnosed it right away. He was a younger doctor. I guess he was more knowledgeable about this condition. And he diagnosed it and started me on medications, which helped a little bit. And that's fibromyalgia. That's how I found out I had it. You know, it's interesting because... We have a lot in common. In 2010, I had neck surgery, cervical. They did from, they fused it from C2 to T1. And literally, they cut through the bone, the muscle. And that's, I think, what what contributes to fibromyalgia. In my particular case, I believe I had it because of Final injuries I had after having had polio, you know, all through my life, falls and whatnot. But one thing that I find, I did not suspect that you had it when I met you in in 2004, maybe somewhere around that time, mm-hmm. because you would would do all that bending over and 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 mm-hmm. helping students who were comfortably seated if you can be comfortable, if you've got a condition, but you never showed signs of it. So you're quite a courageous lady. Uh, one thing I have to tell you is that doing art is a form of therapy. When I paint, I do not feel any pain. And when I taught, I didn't feel any pain. I felt afterwards, (laughs) but this is a form of art therapy, which that was my second career. I went back to school. I took art classes, and I have a master's. I got a master's in art therapy, and I worked for a while as an art therapist. And um, that is 
a modality that is amazing for many conditions and, of course, uh, emotional stress and different mental conditions. And um, so it is, it is a, it really is a wonderful modality to, to use as, as an adjunct to other therapies. I absolutely agree. It mm-hmm. is true you don't feel any pain while you're painting or drawing because you're so focused on what you're doing that it removes you from the body almost. It's, it's, exactly. Uh, Exactly. You're in another plane. (laughs) (laughs) But it is true. If you overdo it, you feel it afterwards. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're anything like I am, Nona, when I start something like that, I can't stop until I'm forced. (laughs) My husband might say, hey, you know, it's five hours. Take a rest. (laughs) (laughs) Take a rest. Yes, you know, we're exactly. going to take a short break because I want to know all about what you're doing now because I think it's gorgeous. And uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Sign up today for my weekly radio show announcements and guest information and receive a free chapter of my newest book, Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams, My Story of Perseverance, Passion, Hope, and Happiness, Dreams do come true despite adversity. If I can do it, you can do it too. Here we are again. You're listening to NSI and DOD Radio. I'm Myra, your host, and we're talking to a fabulous, talented lady by the name of Nona Lightman. She is a Chinese brush painter, amongst other things. And now she's into the fashion world. Not only can you hang her work on your walls, you can wear it. So, Nona, tell people, one, if they would like to visit your gallery, where do they go at Fine Art America? Yeah, if they just go to Fine Art America and put in Nona Lightman for the search, they will see some of my paintings there. Uh, And uh, the the the. Clothing, apparel, and the uh, accessories are now on a different company. They contacted me and they asked me if I wanted, if they could use my art to print on uh, tops and scarves and uh, totes and some other items, all different kinds of tops. And uh, so I agreed. I tried it, and they really look beautiful, even if I say so myself. And it's interesting because some of the colored images, Myra, I'm able to do in black and white on my computer before I send it to – before I design it onto an item from the company. So that makes it really interesting. So it's – www. What's the exact address? Okay. If somebody the, wants to wear one of your gorgeous yes. tops. Okay. The URL is http colon slash slash www period shop vida v i d a dot com 
slash, it's a long one, slash, collections, slash, Nona-Lightman, L-I-G-H-T-M-A-N. They can also go to just shopveda.com and search my name, Nona Lightman, which is probably easier. Well, yes and no, because I put all that information in the blog that I'm writing about you, which is about about what you've accomplished and how they can see your work. I put a few samples of your work, but I will tell everybody that you must go to the site and visit and see all the various ways that you can wear this beautiful work. And it's a showstopper. If you have a black dress and you're going somewhere and you want to stand out in the crowd, if you use one of Noner's scarves, I guarantee you everybody's going to ask, where did you get that beautiful scarf? So, and if you want to wear the top, they're magnificent. Everybody's going to ask about it. I highly recommend you visit the site. And as I mentioned, if you forget or you're listening to this in your car on Bluetooth, you will have to go to the site to really understand how lovely this work is, how fashionable it is, and how it fits into what's going on in fashion right now today. The totes, the large totes, the the, the airy top. And the scarf that we all love to wear to take a plain outfit and make it look, where did you get that? <laughs> so, Nona, I really am impressed with what well, you're thank doing. You, I appreciate it. <laughs> I want to go back to a question that I neglected to ask you before the break. Sure. When you developed the fibromyalgia, did, did, did it really interfere with your family life and your relationships? I tried very hard not to have it affect my family. Of course, it does affect them, you know, to a certain degree. But I tried very hard not to. The um, I would, if I couldn't sleep at night, I would go downstairs and I would sit on the couch and watch TV quietly. I, uh, so it didn't really affect them that much, but I uh, tried so many different remedies. I went to a holistic doctor. I tried different remedies with her, um, and that didn't work. Um, When I moved to Florida, I was given a name of a rheumatologist, Dr. Capiello, who Mm, specializes in fibromyalgia. Unfortunately, he did not take new patients, and I kept calling and calling until finally he did. And I have seen him ever since. I go to him every three months. And we worked out a regimen of medications. Uh, One of them is uh, gabapentin or Neurontin, which helps fibromyalgia a lot. (laughs) So I take that. I take something for depression, to boost my serotonin levels, as you said, uh, and um, some other things to help me sleep. I take pain medication when I need it because my neck is 
really riddled with arthritis. And uh, if they were going to do next surgery on me, they would have to fuse my whole cervical area. Ugh, which like I'm, mine. Exactly, which I'm not going for. So I, uh, when it's painful and then I have sometimes really bad headaches, I take medication. And I just, you know, do the best I can. I go out and I, uh, you know, try and paint. And, and of course, now I have this new, <laughs> new venture with the, with the clothing, so I had to learn how to adjust the images to certain pixels because each item needed a different, uh, you know, formation on the computer. So I'm learning a lot, and that's, that's great. I really enjoy learning. So, You've done a lot with your life, and it's really very impressive. And I'd like to tell everybody listening, because a lot of the people who listen to what I do have problems, mm-hmm. particularly if they're listening to Dancing on Our Disability versus Never Say Impossible. And today we're, we're focusing on Dancing on Our Disabilities, and I do mean that as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Get help. Dr. Cappiello, if you are in southeast Florida, Dr. Cappiello is wonderful. I'm surprised I never ran into you in his office because <laughs> <laughs> I see him also. You do? But, yes. Wow. Wonderful. I, I love him. Oh, my God. Me too. He's so kind, and he takes so much time with you, and he listens, and he you know, works with you on different medications, and that's wonderful. I can't believe we're seeing the same doctor, and we live almost next door to each other, you know. I know, we do, and and you did said something that I think I'm going to have him visit us on uh, Dancing on Our Disabilities also because he's so knowledgeable about people who live with chronic pain, mm. and he really... I, as a human being, I really believe it hurts him to see people in pain, and he really wants to help. Yes. So anyway, that's a plug for Dr. Capiello. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I really wanted to say, you have done so much. What would you like to say to our listeners who may be feeling really miserable about their physical condition, mm-hmm. and don't feel that they have talent. I mean, to practice art, you really don't have to be uh, an exceptionally talented artist. No. You just have to focus on it, and it will help you heal, at least emotionally, because when you're in pain, you, you, you become depressed. Oh, so, I mean, it's just part of the, part of the whole package. Yes, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. You get mm-hmm. depressed, you get tired, you don't want to do anything, and then it gets even worse, and you don't exercise. So what I recommend is try even walking for five, ten minutes. Walking is an amazing exercise, just regular walking, even slow walking, um, because it's good for stress. Fibromyalgia is uh, another thing is uh, it when you're stressed, fibromyalgia acts up. So walking helps. You, you don't have to be an artist to do art. 
art therapy. You can do uh, coloring, which is now so popular. You can get those online, certain images, mandalas. Mandalas is a circle where you uh, do different um, uh, coloring. And then there's, there are uh, lessons in libraries for different coloring. And so just, you know, try and do art. That's all. Mm. Just put some paint. I, I say when I do abstract art, put some paint on a canvas and, and just play with it. Let it run. Let the colors run together and create new colors right on the canvas. And it's just so amazing to me that that forms such a beautiful art form. Just by doing abstract art, you don't have to be an artist. Just play with it. (laughs) Just do some art therapy, definitely. Very well put. I believe in it wholeheartedly. I believe in creativity, period. I believe it's part of our human spirit. We all have it. And many people say, oh, I have no, no, I can't draw a straight line. Well, you don't have to. (laughs) As Nona just explained. There is no, no person in the world that doesn't have some creativity in them. You do not need to draw straight lines. I can't draw straight lines and I wouldn't want to. And you don't have to color it inside the lines like they used to tell you in, in school. I never took art when I was a child. So, um, you know, just, just, just play with colors. That's what I say. Play. Do some play therapy and art therapy. <laughs> and I think one, of, one other thing I would like to add to that Mm-hmm. is buy a color wheel. Because when you have a color wheel, you will understand, because most people forget the primary colors. Okay. And Yeah, and if you understand the primary colors, which are colors that cannot be manufactured, they exist, mm-hmm. period. They mm-hmm. exist in nature, and you can't make them. But from those primary colors, you can make, any color in the world. Exactly. Any color. And once you understand that, you're good to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nona, I want to wish you so much luck on your new venture and your beautiful fashion statement that you're making with your magnificent work. I've always thought it was magnificent, and you're <laughs> magnificent, and may all good things come your way. Thank you, Myra. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Yeah, and thank you for listening in cyberspace. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash never say impossible radio and on facebook.com forward slash dancing on our disabilities. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can also find us listed as NSI, these are capital letters, NSI and D-O-O-D radio on talkshoe.com Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes, and, of course, on the show archives on my website and in the blog. Until next time, never say impossible. And when you get the chance, don't sit it out.
choose to dance. You've been listening to Dancing on Our Disabilities, a production created for the people and by the people. If you wish to contribute information, your story, or reliable, validated medical information to our program, please visit Myra Goldick or visit our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash dancing on our disabilities. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.